Welcome to the Jambase Podcast. I'm Scott Bernstein, and the Jambase Podcast is a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network. On this episode, you'll hear my interview with keyboardist Peter Levin. Peter is a member of the new Allman Brothers band tribute act, Trouble No More, and has toured and recorded with the likes of Greg Allman, Amanda Shires, Blind Boys of Alabama, and more. Levin underwent heart transplant surgery last year and told me all about the harrowing experience. Stay tuned for my chat with Peter after we hear from this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 offers a diverse range of quality Grateful Dead, Donut Pattern, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, and other music-related apparel. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead's historic Europe 72 tour, Jambase is taking a retrospective look back at each of 22 performances that took place between April 7th and May 26th. The series launched in partnership with Section 119. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead 72 European tour with Section 119's limited edition hoodies. Section 119 dug deep into the archive of the Grateful Dead to build 22 unique hoodies with the actual amazing artwork from each show of the tour. Section 119 is only offering 72 pieces inspired by each show. Premium quality hoodies that are available for a limited time. 50 days, 22 shows. Relive the long, strange, amazing trip it must have been. England to Denmark, West Germany, Paris, France, Amsterdam, and then heading back to England to wrap up the tour. Experience the music in every hoodie. Visit Section 119 at section119.com. That's S-E-C-T-I-O-N 119.com to explore their full Grateful Dead 72 European Tour Limited Edition Hoodies collection. This episode is sponsored by La La Lay. La La Lay is an online AI-powered source-separating service. In 2021, La La Lay became the world's first eight-stem splitter capable of extracting voice, accompaniment, drums, piano, bass, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and synthesizer. La La Lay introduces a new and improved way to extract vocals and instruments from audio and video sources. The service uses a machine learning algorithm to precisely identify and carefully separate stems. It utilizes the power of AI to improve the lives of millions of musicians, DJs, producers, vocalists, dancers, karaoke lovers, and others. Artificial intelligence has previously been used as a solution for the complex task of vocal track isolation. But La La Lay is the first service to suppress even Spleeder by Deezer and now do Phonic Mind in accessibility and quality of results. The recent La La Lay update allows musicians to use cutting-edge artificial intelligence technology to easily remove beats, instruments, and vocal parts from songs. The novel AI-powered splitting solution enables precise and high-quality sound results. The technology, which is similar to what Peter Jackson used for the Beatles' Get Back documentary, lets creators isolate sounds to produce next-gen mixes, mashups, and loops. La La Lay helps developers and business owners to expand the range of their services by offering them server solutions. High-quality isolation of voice and instruments can be installed on a client's own server or utilized via La La Lay's infrastructure. The La La Lay team is planning to continue creating new opportunities for sound professionals and creative people around the world while keeping the bar high for stem separation quality. Don't just trust their word for it. See for yourself. Compare the quality of isolated tracks extracted with La La Lay against other services. New users can try out the functionality of La La Lay online by splitting up to 10 minutes of tracks for free. Visit La La Lay. That's L-A-L-A-L dot A-I and start separating stems today. 
Jambase has been honoring the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead's famed 1972 tour of Europe with a retrospective look back at each of the 22 performances that took place between April 7th and May 26th. The tour was documented on the landmark live album Europe 72 that came out later that year. Remembering Europe 72 is sponsored by our friends at Section 119. Today is the 50th anniversary of the band's first of two shows in Copenhagen, Denmark. Be sure to check out the retrospective on a night highlighted by raps from keyboardist Ron Pigpen McKernan, as well as the first three Remembering Europe 72 articles spotlighting concerts that took place in England. The tour was Pigpen's final one with the group that he co-founded, as his health only continued to get worse following the trek. Pigpen's last Grateful Dead gig came in June of 1972, and he tragically died at the way too young age of 27 in March of 1973. All Remembering Europe 72 retrospectives will break down what was played that night rather than how it was played, as we'll leave the listening choices up to you. Each article features statistical analysis and breaking down the set list as we track the band's travels through Europe. The approach is similar to the skinny setlist breakdowns we do for Fish and Den and Company shows, along with some interesting details and fun facts about the gigs thrown in. Each article is accompanied by links to stream officially released recordings of all 22 shows. Be sure to visit Jambase to check out the Remembering Europe 72 retrospectives. Grateful Dead members Bob Weir, Bill Kreutzman, and Mickey Hart are also members of Den and Company. This past Friday, Rolling Stone reported that Dead & Company would stop touring after 2022. We are quickly took to social media to counter Rolling Stone's report about the band's future as he tweeted, news to me, along with the link to the article. Kreutzmann and Hart followed suit quickly, while bassist Otil Berber shared an image caption, sources told me, and it's never over. We're glad that the band will seemingly continue beyond this year. In other news from the Grateful Dead world, bassist Phil Lesh has recently added seven Phil and Friends shows to his summer touring schedule. Lesh will perform with various friends this July and June. June stops include previously announced shows in Palo Alto, California and Telluride, Colorado, as well as new performances in Eugene, Oregon, Redmond, Washington, and Bonner, Montana. Phil then starts July in Bridgeport, Connecticut, before hitting Asbury Park, New Jersey, Lafayette, New York, Marshfield, Massachusetts, and Portland, Maine later in the month. The Lesh and Friends will also perform at the inaugural Sacred Rose Festival outside Chicago on August 26th. Head to jambase.com for full details on Phil's dates, as well as recently announced shows from the likes of Tranastasio, My Morning Jacket, Joe Russo's Almost Dead, Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz, and more. Okay, let's get back to Peter Levin. I spoke with Peter via video chat from his home in Nashville. As mentioned, the keyboardist underwent heart transplant surgery last year. Levin recalled the initial issues he had back in August of 2021 when he was about to start a tour with Marcus King. Peter was taken from a tour bus by ambulance to the hospital and needed to have defibrillator paddles used on him to get his heart back into rhythm. While his heart returned to a normal rhythm, he continued to have issues, and the situation worsened to the point where his heart was only working at 15% in early November. He was put into a medically induced coma and was saved from the brink of death by doctors who told him he needed to have heart transplant surgery. Peter recalled his recovery from the successful procedure and how the music community rallied around him with support. 
We then talk Trouble No More, an Almond Brothers tribute act featuring Levin along with Brandon Taz Niederauer, Daniel Donato, Dylan Niederauer, Jack Ryan, Lamar Williams Jr., Nikki Gillespie, and Roosevelt Collier. The group recently made their debut with two concerts at the Beacon Theater in New York City, and I had the pleasure of attending the second night and sure loved it. The keyboardist explained the genesis of Trouble No More and the crucial role agent C.J. Strock played in putting the group together. Levin talked about putting the set lists together for the Beacon shows as the band's musical director. We also dove into Peter's long history as a fan and student of the Allman Brothers band's music. The keyboardist was a member of Greg Allman's solo band for four years and a little change and spoke about that experience. Peter then discussed the rehearsal process for the Beacon shows and how the concerts went from his vantage point. He talked about what his bandmates bring to the music and his excitement for Trouble No More's bright future, which includes festival appearances and headlining shows this summer and beyond. Here's my interview with Peter Levin. This is Scott Bernstein, and I'm excited to chat with my friend and an incredible musician, Pete Levin. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. Thanks. It's uh, you know, thanks for having me on the on the podcast. It's, it's been a while. I'm glad to catch up with you again. Absolutely. And and where are you right now? Uh, right now, I'm in Nashville. Um, uh, we sort of relocated here. Uh, we moved down here about uh, I don't know uh, three and a half years ago. Uh, we were trying to do the back and forth to New York, but once COVID hit, uh, it was it was just unrealistic. So um, we're, we've been in Nashville full time for uh, you know a couple of years now. Well, we certainly miss you in New York, that's for sure. But uh, I, I know you've you um, have been enjoying Nashville, and it was a real treat to see you play a few weeks back with uh, Trouble No More, especially with what you've been through. Uh, when did you first realize you were having issues with your heart? Uh, well, the main issues were were uh, last August. Um, you know, I had had a genetic condition, you know, my whole life, it, 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 uh, a genetic heart condition, and it never affected me. I mean, a- at all. Um, you know, I was on some meds and 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 some other things. So, you know, um, you know, again, it never it never affected me. I was, you know, touring like crazy. You know. Um, you know, having a lot of fun and, 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 you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but last August is, uh, is, um, is, uh, when, 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 uh, uh, my heart function started kind of deteriorating rapidly. I was actually, um, I was on the, I, I just got done with my CD release party, uh, record release at, at city winery in Nashville. And, uh, you know, I was touring with Marcus King at the time, his bus was waiting outside the winery. I got done with my gig and was jumping on his bus to start his tour. 
but I got off stage and I couldn't really breathe. My chest was tight and all this stuff. And, you know, folks were just saying, ah, oh, man, you, you know, you're just, um, you know, you're overworked, have some water, chill out. So I was like, okay, I got on the bus and like 30 minutes later, I still couldn't really breathe well. And, uh, and, um, you know, uh, uh, I couldn't really talk. And, uh, Marcus's tour manager, Braden, uh, Griffith was, um, was just looked at me and was like, man, you don't really look well. What's going on? Tell me what's up. And I was like, man, I can't really breathe. My chest is tight. And, you know, he, he right away, he like, you know, told uh, Jason, the bus driver to pull over. Luckily we were still 30 miles from Nashville. The ambulance came, they put me in the ambulance and they hooked me up to the machines. And the, and the guy was like, um, you know, uh, uh, man, your heart's been racing for like 190 beats per minute for oh 40 my God. Minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. And he even said, he's like, man, you know, I'm surprised you're still with us. And I was like, wow. So uh, then they took me to the hospital and and shot my stomach up with all these meds to try to get the arrhythmia back down to normal and uh, nothing worked. So they actually had to, you know, uh, put the paddles on, man. They paddled me, um, sent like 50,000 volts <laughs> through me. And um, were you yeah, awake was, at that time? What's that? Were you awake when they put the paddles on you? Actually, yeah, I was awake, man. I was awake. Uh, graciously, they gave me um, a little bit of ketamine, believe it or not, wow. which, you know, which kind of relaxed me a lot. And um, but it was still the same thing. You know, they try to distract you. They're like, you know, they were like, you know, I was feeling pretty loopy. And they're like, oh, I hear you're a keyboard player. And I was like, yeah, I play keyboards and this and that. And then all of a sudden, bam, oh, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, it's like, raised off the table and everything. And just like in the movies, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, you know? And then um, they, did they get it back in, in, yeah, in it back normal. And, um, you know, so I stayed there for a couple of days, they ran some tests and then, you know, they let me go. Uh, then I had another episode in like, uh, September. Um, I was off tour with Marcus cause I was just, you know, trying to get better. And I was in New York. I was flying back from New York and on the plane, my start, heart started acting funny. And um, so when I got off the plane, I went to like the help desk, told them what was going on. And I, they sent an ambulance. I took an ambulance back to Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, they checked me over. They couldn't really find anything that time. Um, so they let me go. And then, um, uh, a, you know, a couple, uh, that was like mid-September. And then okay. November, early November, was when was when it got real bad. Like uh, I wasn't feeling great. My heart was racing. I went to the hospital and um, my heart my heart was only working at fifteen percent. Oh you my. know, um, so that was that was uh, that's when it got serious, like real serious, man. They had, they had to uh, intubate me, which means you know they put you in a medically induced coma while they figured out what to do. And then yeah, man, I I actually I, that night I actually checked out, man. I I was gone, and they uh, they um. They uh, CP. They did CPR for about three or four minutes. You know, thank God they got me back. Uh, you know, I woke up and they said the only thing that's going to save you is a heart transplant. I was like, oh man, what are my options? And the, and the doctor was like, your your only option is death. Oh man. So, I, was, so uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll get the operation. And then um, then that night they put me back out uh, in, in, in 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 you know intubated me again, and I almost checked out that night. You know, uh, and luckily, again, they got me back. And then I woke up from that period where they told me they had found me a heart and they're putting it in in two days. And um, 
that that's what they did. You know, the operation was a huge success. Um, I was only in ICU for like three days after it and then stepped down for uh, 10 days. So, you know, it went, it, it was honestly a miracle, you know, it couldn't have gone any better. And, um, you know, but that's a long winded story about it. You know, um, that's kind of the, you know, all the history of it, but, 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 uh, you know, yeah, I, I had started, you know, last, last August is when things were deteriorating rapidly and luckily the stars aligned for the transplant and, and, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, I was really lucky. I was really lucky. It's incredible. They were able to get a heart so quickly. I mean, because of my condition, uh, they, I shot to the top of the list, you know, um, again, you know, and also cause I think my age and my profile worked towards my benefit because I was a little younger than most folks that get those operations. So, um, it was easier to match a heart. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so, um, yeah, again, I was really lucky in the, I mean, God, the doctors at Vanderbilt, I mean, what can I say? You know, they saved, saved my life a couple of times, you know, so I, I was very fortunate, man. The stars lined up in a whole lot of ways, you know, um, you know, uh, luckily I was close to Vanderbilt, which is the top place in the country, if not the world for heart transplant operations and other, other organ operations, so, uh, transplants rather. So, you know, I was there, you know, um, and, and, you know, they got the heart and just, you know, everything went so smoothly. I, I, you know, I was so blessed, man. I mean, really, really, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Thank God. And do you remember anything from the time when you were actually gone? Actually, it's funny you ask that, you know, a few of my friends have asked that and no, honestly, you know, everyone's like, man, did you see the lights and all that stuff? And I was like, honestly, no, you know, they, 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 they put you out and you're out. And I, I didn't remember anything except, um, really, I didn't remember anything. You know, you wake up totally out of it, you know, I mean, and, 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 um, you know, I, I really didn't remember much at all. It was just a deep, deep sleep, man, you know? people supportive i i mean i know there was a gofundme it it seems like people really rallied around you after it uh, happened i mean uh, I, I can't even express the 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 how much um you know how, how much uh love and support i got from my friends and folks i work with and i mean and and it, it was awesome yeah there was the, you know they uh, my buddies uh michael weintraub and chris pizzolo helped set up a GoFundMe for me. And Michael's and he, a photographer. Yeah, the photographer. And um and uh, my buddy Chris, he he helps me with promotion and stuff. He also has a, a small record label based out of New York. And um uh yeah so man the love and support was it was unbelievable and it and not only was it like my immediate friends and family and folks I work with but friends from I mean grade school and 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 high school were reaching out and just showing love and 
it was amazing, man. It was, it was, it was truly amazing. It was amazing, you know? And again, that was just a whole other, whole other blessing too, you know? Um, and, and that, you know, that really meant a lot. You know, it's funny, you go through something like that and you really realize um, what's important in life. And, and, you know, going through something like that, you know, you really realize what, 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 you know, friendship and, and, and support and love, you know, what they, what they really mean. And, 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 um, you know, I guess maybe sometimes you got to go through something like that to fully understand that. But again, you know, um, so much support and so much love shown. It was, you know, it really touched my heart, man. It was, it was incredible. How long did it take you to start feeling yourself again? Man, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, uh, I would say actually, you know, man, it was, it was tough for a while. That first month, month or two, um, was tough. You know, the first month I was still hooked up to, I was home, you know, I got released way ahead of schedule. And, you know, originally they were telling me I was going to be in the hospital for five weeks, but they let me go after 13 days because I was doing so well. So I went home, but I was, I still was hooked up to a machine and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really, uh, get around easy. You know, I had, you know, my wife, Robin had to help me like get out of bed and help me stand up. And, and, um, you know, it, 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 it was really tough, you know? Um, and then, you know, slowly I was getting better, you know, getting better than they took the machine and, and, um, I started rehab, you know, I started feeling a little bit more normal, I guess maybe when I was doing rehab, you know, they had me have me still, I'm still doing it. You know, they had me doing some weight machines and some cardio machines, but it wasn't until I really started getting close to music again, that I sort of felt normal, you know, um, that's why, you know, the gigs with TNM trouble no more up at the beacon were, were so great for me. You know what I mean? I, I sort of, that, that's really when it sort of kicked in that like, you know, it may take a little time, but you know, think things are so slowly, slowly getting back to normal, you know? Um, it, that was about, you know, four months after, uh, well, uh, yeah, close to five months after, after the heart transplant operation. And I really hadn't played much music since. I mean, I'd done, you know, a couple sessions, one with uh, my buddy Jimbo from, uh, you know, Jason's band, the 400 unit oh, and I session with my buddy, Lawrence Rothman, who uh, produced uh, a couple records recently for Amanda Shires. So I had done like, you know, one or two sessions, um, which was great, but it, you know, it, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, you know, I guess uh, quite as, um, uh, satisfying as, as playing live music and getting that energy from the crowd again and, you know, ripping solos and, you know, being there with your buds who are ripping solos and playing great music as well, you know, so that, you know, it's, I'm still sort of getting back to feeling normal, you know, um, uh, but, but playing the music is really what, really what, um, really what did it, you know? Let's get into Trouble No More a bit, bit, bit. How did the band come together? How, how, what's the, the genesis? Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, um, uh, CJ Strzok, uh, who, uh, who's a longtime uh, uh, agent for the Almond Brothers and um, 
manage, you know, manages JMO. Um, he's been in the, you know, music business on a variety of levels for decades. Um, and we know each other, you know, just from, you know, me working with JMO and being around, you know, being in the extended almond family. So we've known each other for, for a long time. And um, he actually called me up one day and was like, I have this idea, you know, uh, 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 about, um, you know, uh, this is the, you know, 50th year of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, you know, uh, 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 50th year of uh, Eat, a, Eat a Peach when it was released, you know, and, um, and also, uh, uh, um, uh, actually, I don't want to miss, misquote anything. Um, yeah, it was the 50th, uh, 50th year of, of, uh, maybe it was the formation of the band. Um, uh, but either way, it was the anniversary of, of, of Vita Peach and, uh, CJ had an idea to sort of get a band together that would continue the legacy of playing Almond Brothers music while also ce celebrating the 50th anniversary of the record. Um, and his idea was that, you know, what we talked about was he sort of brought up the whole uh, J-Rad model, you know, where, you know, you play the skeletons of the song, but then you you go out and do your own thing, like, you know, jam-wise, you know? So, um, so rather than like playing the music exactly the way it is, you kind of use the songs as a jumping off point to um to get into your own explorations of things you know musically you know You know, we talked about that and we talked about um, some players who would be, you know, who would be great for the show. And, um, you know, uh, we just started kicking some names around. And, um, you know, the lineup you saw were, were, you know, were the names that we we had settled on. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, Brandon, Taz, Niederauer, and his brother, Gary. Um, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Exactly. Um, and. Uh, uh, CJ, uh, one of CJ's clients, uh, uh, from Mint is this, um, uh, is this, uh, cat out of Nashville, Daniel Donato. He's so you know, good. Great, yeah. Great guitar player. And he sings too. And then, you know, my buddy from Marcus's band, Jack Ryan on drums and, uh, Nikki Glassby from the, from the nth power on drums and, uh, Lamar Williams on vocals who I've worked with for years at this point. And, um, Roosevelt Collier from, uh, you know, from his, uh, from his, from his thing. So that's, that's sort of the impetus of how it came together. And, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it was nice because, you know, uh, the other philosophy behind it was, you know, trying to introduce the, the almonds music to younger, younger generation, younger generations, which is why, you know, um, you know, Daniel, Dylan, and and uh, and uh, Brandon are so are so important. 
um, you know, to try to try to, you know, get get a a, a younger crowd, um, a younger crowd involved, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was really the impetus behind it. And uh, uh, even more so was actually paying tribute to Eat a Peach. You know, we you know, um, we play the record cover to cover, you know, but then we also throw in a couple of, you know, I guess you can say greatest hits as well. Uh, How did you decide what songs you were going to play besides Eat a Peach? um, Well, uh, graciously, um, you know, we talked about, CJ and I talked about uh, me being the, you know, music director, you know, behind it. So um, that was really on my end. Um, You know, I I picked the songs that that I felt, uh, you know, fans would want to hear. You know, there are obviously some, you know, some staples like, you know, Elizabeth Reed and Whipping Post and, you know, One Way Out. Um, but I didn't just pick them, you know, I picked them and and I would talk it over with the band because, you know, um, uh, you know, they, they, you know, their input is, you know, is, is, is just important as mine. Um, but that's how it went down. You know, I would sort, I sort of got the set list together, ran, ran it by the cats in the band. We maybe tweaked it a little bit, talked, talked over, you know, who solos where, that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it was sort of my, um, you know, sort of my, my, uh, 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 my, um, you know, my vibe on it and, 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 you know, getting the set list, getting the set list together. And you have a long history with the music of the Allman brothers. Uh, you were, um, how long were you a member of Greg's band? Uh, it was four years and a little change actually. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, you know, uh, yes, uh, not, you know, I don't only, I don't only know the music from playing it, you know, with Greg. I mean, I've been playing that music my entire life, you know, playing and, and singing, you know, that music. I mean, I used to cut classes in college to go see them <laughs> in New York. And, you know, I lived, I lived right up the street from the beacon growing up. So, you know, I've seen, I mean, I can't even count how many shows at the Beacon I've seen, you know, um, but the but the real cool thing was, was that, you know, after I joined Greg's band, um, you know, through him, I got to sit in with the with the Almond Brothers a couple of times. And, you know, that was that was monstrous. You know, that was definitely a dream, a dream come come true for me. Um, but, yeah, I've been closely close to that music my whole entire life. You know, I mean, I've studied it like like, you know, a lot of a lot of cats study uh study you know uh uh, uh coltrane solos or sure. you know to be transcribing jazz solos in 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 school and i'd be transcribing you know Dwayne solos and dicky solos and and greg solos you know so the music definitely meant a lot to me and and means a lot to me i take it seriously and um that's why when i hooked up with greg and you know was it was in the band um you know, it was just, man, it was, you know, it was a dream come true. I'd shut my eyes and hear him singing in my in-ear monitors and be like, I mean, I can't believe I'm here. I'm in heaven. Yeah. 
life I live. So, and, and also growing up playing organ and singing, I mean, you know, Greg, Greg's the, Greg was the guy. I mean, he's, he was a guy, huge hero of mine. And, you know, it was really cool. We hit it off and became friends. And I used to go down to his house and, and um, help write stuff. And we even wrote a song together that's, uh, that's uh, on, um, on a soon to be released, you know, my soon to be released album uh, called Saturday Night, Sunday Morning. So, you know, it was an amazing time. It was an amazing time for me being in that band. And, you know, I miss him. You know, I think about him every day. And, uh, you know, I miss playing with the guys in the band and, you know, all, all that music and the, and the people behind it, you know, really mean a lot to me. I can imagine. I can imagine. And how much rehearsal went into you got at, at, so Trouble No More played two shows at the Beacon Theater. The first one took place on the um, anniversary of the first time the Allman Brothers had ever gotten together right. and rehearsed. Right. And uh, as we said, it was 50th anniversary of Eat a Peach. Um, how, how much rehearsal time did you guys get together before those two shows? Yeah, well, believe it or not, um, uh, not a whole lot. You know, we all met in Long Island uh, a couple of days prior to the 25th. Um, and we had maybe uh, uh, maybe three and a half days, three and a half days of rehearsal, which sounds like a lot, you know. Um, but, you know, with with, you know, um, with with with, you know, with with the Almond Brothers catalog, you know, um, there, 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 yeah, sure. There are some, you know, easy songs, but there are a lot of curveballs in, yeah. in their music, you know? So it, it's not the kind of music you can just fake, you know what I mean? You got to know it. And luckily, you know, it was awesome, actually, you know, um, all the guys in the band came super well prepared, yeah. you know, and, and, um, I mean, I had played a lot of this music with Taz before, you know, I've played, you know, we've done a, you know, a couple, you know, good bit of gigs together where we play a lot of that almond stuff. So that was real cool, you know, but, um, everyone else came super well prepared, man. You know, it was, it was awesome actually, you know, and, and, you know, even after just playing the first couple of tunes, I was like, wow, this band sounds really good. And it, and it did. I mean, it had like the perfect balance of, um, of, of, uh, authenticity towards almond brothers music, but also, had a good balance of, of, um, of bringing our own things to the table, you know, as well, you know, I mean, for example, you know, having Rosie on, on pedal steel just brought a whole new element to the music. You know what I mean? Um, which, which was, and, and, you know, uh, uh, Dylan sounded great on the bass and, and the drummers were, I mean, they played together so well. I mean, it was incredible. And, and, you know, Daniel and, 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 uh, and, uh, Taz up front, I mean, we're awesome. They were, you know, figuring out the harmonies together and talking music. I mean, it was, it was, you know, rehearsal went really, really well. And, and we had about three and a half days and then we, you know, we hit the gig. What were some of your highlights song wise that, that you recall from the shows? Wow. Well, uh, that's a good question. You know, there, there, there definitely were, you know, definitely were a few, I mean, um, uh, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, uh, ah, I mean, you know, uh, what can I say, man? I love the instrumentals, you know, sure. cause we all get to throw down. I mean, Le Breris was, was great. Um, and, uh, 
you know, uh, 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 Mountain Jam was. What's that? Mountain Jam was uh, my favorite. Awesome. You know, and, and, and that's that's you know, that's a good example. You know, we, we, we you know, it's a 30 minute song, you know, and, and we, we took it kind of made it our own a little bit. I mean, just in the interest of time, we sort of, you know, picked and choose which parts of it we, 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 we did. But that was incredible. I mean, you know, uh, that went, I mean, yeah, that, that was a definite highlight. And the other highlight was, uh, another highlight was uh, the second night we did uh, Don't Want You No More uh, into uh, uh, Cross the Bear. And, you know, Lamar killed the vocals on Cross the Bear. That's, that could be, that could be, you know, uh, that could be, I don't want to say definitively, but that could be my favorite, my favorite uh you know, Almond's tune is, is, is crossing. Yeah. Um, and just the way don't want, you no more goes into it, man, that was a real, that was a real highlight, you know, highlight for me. And you got the best of both worlds. You got the instrumental leading into the, you know, great vocal part. Uh, you know, of course, whipping post, you know, uh, so there were a lot of highlights, Scotty. It was, it was, you know, I was so, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, I was so impressed and, and, um, and, uh, you know, it's so impressed by, you know, the way everyone played the music, you know, really everyone did such an amazing job. Not that I didn't really expect anything different, but to really hear it done like that was, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. So, there were a lot of highlights, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of highlights, a lot of great playing. Lamar sang his ass off and, and it was just, you know, it really, man, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great couple of shows. How did you feel health wise when you left the stage? Man, that's a good question. You know, um, the first night, uh, you know, again, I hadn't, that was my first gig, first gigs back. So at the end of the first night, uh, man, I was totally wiped out. I remember standing downstairs and I thought like my legs were going to freaking buckle, you know, I mean, I I was okay. Don't get me wrong, but I was just completely, completely exhausted. I totally forgot about, you know, the stamina that, 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 that you need and the energy you, 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 uh, you, you, uh, you know, you go, you know, you go through in, in, in a show like that. You know, um, you know, and, and for me, too, I was doing a lot of standing, playing the wah, you know, playing the wah pedal with the clavinet and, you know, standing and moving around. And, you know, it really it took a lot out of me, man. I was exhausted. And uh, 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 the second night I was a little better, you know, um, you know, again, everything was cool. You know, I, I, I uh, you know, 
Um, I think I did. I think I did have some oxygen waiting backstage. Oh, just, just in case, you know, uh, but I, you know, I didn't need it. And, um, uh, after the second night, I was a little better. I was still exhausted. And then the next morning after the second show, I was so exhausted that I literally, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was in bed literally all day. We stayed an extra day because I wasn't ready to get back in the car and drive and drive back to Nashville. I was driving because I was a little too sketched out to be on the plane this, this early in my uh, recovery, you know? Um, so yeah, this, you know, I was definitely exhausted. I mean, I was, I was okay. It was great, but man, it, 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 it beat me down, bro. It beat me down in um, a good way, in a good way. I don't sound negative about it, man. You know, I was exhausted, but I felt like, um, you know, not only myself, but the whole band had really accomplished something big, you know, selling out the beacon is, is a big deal, man, you know, no doubt. and not only that, you know, you know, I, you know, the, the, all, there's a long history, a long tradition of Almond Brothers history in that room, you know, so being able to play that music, celebrating them and selling it out. And my first gig back, it was, it was, uh, it was just an incredible way of bringing, bringing it, bringing it all together. You know what I mean? Um, it was, it was really, man, it was a, it was a great, great, uh, great couple of days. Yeah, and I'm glad that I was on hand for that. So let's end by, by talking about what, what the, the future holds, uh, both for the band and, and, and for you otherwise, as far as trouble, no more, you guys have some, some gigs coming up this, yeah. this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trouble no more. We do actually, we got, we got, a, you know, a, a, a couple of gigs coming up. We, uh, uh, we got, um, we're playing, a. uh, May 7th in New Orleans Jazz Fest, not at the grounds. We're doing a, a night show at the Fillmore. Uh, 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 and we're build also build with uh, uh, a bunch of folks uh, that are doing a tribute to, uh, to Dr. John, you know, a bunch of the uh, uh, dumpster funk folks and, and um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a bunch of other great musicians. So we're playing there uh, uh, May 7th. Uh, June, we got, we got a, a nice, a nice run, uh, uh, in the Midwest, a couple, um, yeah, sort of mid, mid Southeast, uh, you know, we got, we got a Nashville date at Brooklyn Bowl. We got, uh, uh, actually we might be doing two nights at Brooklyn Bowl. They might take one of the nights and put us in Memphis, but either way, you know, we got Nashville, maybe Memphis, uh, uh, Birmingham and, uh, and, uh, Atlanta, the Candler festival, uh, in Atlanta. Very cool. Um, Peach yeah, Fest. Very cool. And uh, 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 at the end of June, we got, uh, we got, you know, we're playing the Peach, uh, you know, main stage. Uh, uh, I think it's the first night. Uh, we also got a gig in, in uh, upstate New York right prior to that. Um, and for me personally, uh, I'm also sticking around uh, uh, Peach to play with JMO and friends on the first. Uh, July, July, uh, Trouble No More has got a, a nice Midwest, Midwest run, uh, you know, a couple of dates in Chicago, trying to figure out the rest of the schedule. But the Chicago dates, I actually have, uh, I actually have uh, a gig with the High Women on a personal note. You know, I, I, I sort of play with them when they do their gigs. They're few and far between, but, but they're, they're awesome, awesome shows to be a part of. It's a great record that we recorded. It sure uh, is. Uh, so that, and then, yeah, we got some gigs in, in, in August, uh, 
uh, Trouble No More uh, uh, in August. I think that's a uh, Southwest maybe. And then so it's going to keep going. Yeah, it's going to keep going exactly. And you know, I, I mean, I love playing the music. I love the guys in the band. Hopefully, we can even get a little busier. And then for me personally, yeah, I got a you know my my, my uh, you know my own set of gigs. I got a couple with uh, friends of the brothers maybe in August. Um, you know, uh, uh, like I said, a couple high women gigs. Uh, I got a gig April 25th in Nashville, uh, celebrating Michael Weintraub's, uh, 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 instrument head revealed, uh, book series. Uh, and that's going to be a great gig. That's like me, uh, Luther, uh, Lamar, uh, Aldi Freed from Cheryl's band and, and, uh, and, uh, Chad and Jimbo from, uh, uh, uh from Jason's band, 400 Unit. That's um, so that's April 25th. So yeah, I'm staying busy on my own as, as well as, as with trouble no more, you know, I do a lot of sessions here in town. So, you know, and also now that, now that I'm sort of really getting back on my feet, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll, 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 I'll stay busy and, you know, um, keep it going. Excellent. Well, it's great to see you, Pete. I'm glad you're in good shape and thanks for joining us on the jam base podcast. Yeah, Scotty, thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. And I, I really appreciate you, man. And, you know, we've been buds for a long time and that means a lot, man. And I really appreciate you always looking out and, and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, writing good things and, and looking out for me, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure. for episode 121 of the Jambase podcast. Thanks to Peter Levin for taking the time to chat with me. And thanks to Jake Alexander for producing this episode. Peter Levin and Trouble No More have a handful of dates on the books. If you're an Allman Brothers band fan, you don't want to miss out on Trouble No More. As a reminder, Jambase is a partner of the Osiris Media Network, and we highly recommend their Sugar Maple fictional podcast starring Fred Savage. Also, be sure to check out Jam Bass's Remembering Europe 72 retrospectives and go see live music.